Hello and welcome everybody to the 15th Salmon Rihanna and Embryology Podcast. I don't think we're going to say that any quicker than I wanted to. Hello and welcome back everybody. It's nice to have you with us today. It is? Yeah, of course it is. Always nice, I suppose. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, I Well, we aren't supposed to be here, are we? We're supposed to be skiving off work to go to the Indiana Jones um, first day of screening today. But instead, we thought we'd record a podcast on Oogenesis and the menstrual cycle. Ooh, funny games. Nah, screw this. Let's go to watch Indiana Jones, shall we? Okay. I've had too much uh, sugar today. Dr. Webster bought me a double-decker, very good uh, chocolate bar for your money. Double-decker, the food of podcasters internationally. Yeah, so I'm... Sponsor us. Double-decker sponsor. <laughs> I'd be a very happy lady if they did. <laughs> I'd be a fat lady if they did. Huge. Well, no, it'd be okay because we just have to um, schedule lots and lots of exercise, like Beach Olympics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You noticed the huge trophy behind me, didn't wow, you? Wow, wow, Massive, wow. massive trophy. The Team Webster won on the weekend. Stop going Beach about Olympics, it. inaugural year, 2008. Yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I had a very strong team. They were very dedicated. They worked hard. They cheated excellently. They didn't cheat much. <laughs> they got away with a lot. <laughs> they were a strong team. They worked very hard. They prepared. They gave 110%. Wow. Uh, it, was, it went white for us on the day. and Yeah, I was impressed. Credit where credit's due. Your welly wanging was outstanding. Did you like to carry the captain as well? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Very good fun. Imagine anyway. I'm a cadaver. Lift. Run. <laughs> no, it? we had a great day. It was excellent. Um, okay, well. Something I've been doing over the last few days is doing a bit of podcast researching because um, obviously d- having done podcasts, I decided it's probably a good idea to listen to some uh, other people's. Yeah, it seems that we're doing rather well still. We're still the number one embryology podcast in the world from iTunes. Get in. Which, I don't know, maybe doesn't say much. <laughs> in my little but, world, it is important. I, I think it does point out that we're kind of filling a little niche, not just in embryology, but also in the start, this style of educational podcasting. And with the recent... The exam results from the, the first and the second years, much of their embryology marks seemed very, very good and seemed much better than previous years. So we wondered what the podcasts might have done to help that. Yeah, so we might be looking into that in the future. Pedagogical research. Good word. Mm. Um, okay, what else have we got to tell everybody today? Well, the other thing I was going to build <clears> up to was that Rhiannon will be leaving us at Swansea University this summer. Is it this summer? <laughs> July-ish? Um, yeah, it's going to be July, I fear. So sad. Sucks. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I must move on. Um, I would say to greener pastures, but it isn't. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do, but there we are. Which means your husband will be working and you'll be at home. Surfing. Yeah, that sounds pretty. That sounds like greener pastures to maybe. me. Maybe. Well, yeah. hopefully I will be able to stay in touch and uh, maybe produce more of these podcasts um, and develop, you know, lots of e-learning. Well, if we don't run out of things to podcast about, we can Skype. Yeah. They have Skype in North Devon. Yes, I they think. do. They have the internet. Just about. Yeah. Goats and sheep. And it's only over the water. It's not that far. Should Probably going to see each other and wave, won't we? Get some good binoculars, maybe. Uh, and maybe a ferry. Yeah, absolutely. Ferry across Bristol. So, um, so I will be around for the next few weeks, but um, if anybody does want to send gifts um, or grieve my absence, <laughs> what have you, you can send gifts to the Gifts and building. flowers to... Rhiannon de Reed, School of Medicine. Yeah, the Swansea Grove University. Building. Thanks, that would be well, much appreciated. Um, flowers are fine, wine's better. <laughs> 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 I 
wine and hard liquor preferred. (laughs) Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about oogenesis and the menstrual cycle. Well, you know far more about this than I do. So you're going to be talking about the oogenesis and the menstrual cycle and I'll be quizzing, throwing in awkward questions probably. All right, so let's prepare ourselves for an interesting podcast. Well, what are we going to talk about? I think we need to talk about the stages of oogenesis, just as we talked about the stages of spermatogenesis. Mm -hmm. Um, and then why oogenesis is necessary and what happens with oogenesis. Yeah? Yep, yep. And I think because oogenesis doesn't end until, well, with ovulation and after ovulation, yeah. we should talk about ovulation. Yep, yep. And by the time we've got to that point, we'll have probably have talked about so many hormones. We might, that as, we well might as well hormones, yeah. Yeah, bring it all back together with hormones and the menstrual cycle. The menstrual cycle is basically hormones. Hormones and endometrium, isn't it? Yeah. When I say I don't trust nothing that bleeds for five days and doesn't die. <laughs> so old. <laughs> I can't believe you just came out with that. I'm probably not allowed to say that. No, okay, well, we'll scrap that one. Right, okay, so we're going to talk about the stages of oogenesis. I can't believe you just said that. Right, okay. I want everybody's minds to go back to the development of the um, the gonads. We well, their own development of the gonads. It's yeah. like hypnotic regression, this, is it? I wonder if it would work that far. Somehow I doubt it. Um, <laughs> if you remember when we were talking about the gonads... I feel my gonads grow. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the development of the gonads and um, the germ cells actually end up migrating in from the yolk sac. If you can remember that, it's the, um, the image that we had, the yolk sac, and then we actually followed the trail of the germ cells as they go and they um, go from the germ uh, yolk sac across the dorsal mesentery and then migrate round into the um, developing gonad. So what what were the other cell types there involved in the developing gonad then? We've got germ cells and what was it, epithelium? Epithelium, exactly. And then they go on to make various things, cortical cords, things like that. But we're not, we're not, look at the podcast for that. Um, so we've got epithelial cells and germ cells within the developing gonad, okay? And both of those are going to be important. Obviously, the germ cells are going to end up making the oogonium, oocyte, and go down that route, oogenesis. Yeah. And then the epithelial cells um, and di- sort of uh, differentiate and end up making a few different cell types, but um, the ones that we'll be interested in essentially are the follicular cells, and we'll look at those in a bit. Okay. So. So oogenesis. Oogenesis. Uh, Oogenesis and spermatogenesis are different in one respect that I know of, in that oogenesis, well, the number of potential ova, they're all formed by mitosis during the fetal period, aren't they? Wait before birth, is that right? Yes. Whereas spermatogenesis is an ongoing mitotic thing of cells dividing throughout life. That's absolutely right, and it's a very good distinction to make, actually. Because there's a there's a finite number of um, what stage are they at? Ova. Yeah. We'll yeah. No. Of, of, yeah. Yeah. There's a finite number of eggs, isn't there? Yeah. Um, um, puberty. And I think, I mean, I mean, they're all they're all divided and ready to go at birth. You have about, I think, it peaks at about seven million or something. Seven million right. eggs that are potential ovum. And that's your lot. And that's your lot. lot. And what actually happens is throughout development they die off. So by the time you get to puberty, you've actually only got about four hundred thousand. Right. And then by the time you're over 40, there's less and less and less. Hence the biological clock ticking. Tick, tick, tickaroo. Okay, so oogenesis. We've got our germ cells in the um, the gonad. And actually, I'll just sort of make it very simple, the stages we'll go through, okay? So we've got our germ cells, and we actually call them primordial germ cells, okay? They divide by mitosis, 
and we get um, a stage called oogonium. Remember, this is just going down the differentiation pathway, essentially, different stages, slightly different morphologies. So oogonium are diploid cells yep. with a full number of chromosomes in non, um, or rather in somatic cells elsewhere in the body, and they're divided by mitosis. Absolutely right. So we go from the primordial germ cell to the oogonium, and then we get the primary oocyte. Through division, it becomes the primary oocyte. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that's still diploid. Yes, the primary oocyte is still diploid. Then we switch and we change to meiotic divisions. So the primary oocyte enters meiosis. Yeah. Um, and actually, the primary oocyte enters meiosis and it gets arrested in prophase one stage of meiosis until it is released ov in ovulation. Right. Okay. Um, after that stage, it becomes the secondary oocyte, which is haploid. Um, it goes through a brief stage called an oatid, um, which happens um, if the egg is fertilized, and then it becomes an ovum, which is obviously haploid. And we're on the show, go road down to uh, fertilization and all that sort of stuff's happening. But the ovum doesn't exist until after ovulation, until yeah. it's passing down the fallopian tube. Yep. Which is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that's very, very simply the different stages of oogenesis. So why do we have oogenesis then? What function does it perform? Okay, well, basically, we need to get the um, egg in a state that it can be in the right area to be fertilized. That's essentially what we're looking at. So, yeah. So, again, it's going to be haploid like the spermatozoa. Yes. Okay, so um, what else do you want me to say? I'm well, lost. we've worked our way towards ovulation now. Let's talk about ovulation. Okay. So what what kicks off ov ovulation? I mean, there is the HPO axis, isn't there? The hypothalamic pituitary ovarian axis. So we're talking about ovulation from the ovaries, but it starts off in the hypothalamus, doesn't it, with uh, GnRH, gonadotropin releasing, releasing hormone. hormone. Yeah, and that, that triggers um, the release of gonadotropins. Not surprisingly. LH and FSH. Correct. Which from, stand for uh, luteinizing hormone. Yeah. And follicle stimulating hormone. Brilliant. So we need to find out what follicles are, how they get stimulated, and what luteinization is then. Yeah, all right, deal. Makes sense of that. Yeah. And the LH and FSH are released from the pituitary. The anterior part of the pituitary. Aha. Uh -huh. mm. And then they're going to have their effects upon the ovary, hence the HPO axis. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you want to take LH first, or which one are we going to start with? Well, should we do FSH first? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you there, there is a chronological reason. So pick an FSH first. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> FSH is important in um, stimulating the follicular cells that surround the oocyte. So we're going back now to the ovary. We're in the ovary. The oocyte is in the ovary. It's in. It's arrested at that uh, prophase one stage of meiosis. Yep. Okay, and surrounding it, we've got those follicular cells that are derived from the epithelium very early on. Right. Okay. So FSH, the follicle-stimulating hormone, is going to stimulate those cells then? Yeah. To do what? Okay, it's going to um, stimulate the maturation of the follicular cells, which are the same as the granulosa cells, is another term you might come across. And then that, in turn, um, those cells start to um, produce and release estrogen. Estrogen, okay. Yes, and estrogen, obviously, we know is important, and we'll look at it a bit later, are we? Yeah, can do. Okay. East General, there's lots of good things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm echoing. 
Hmm? Hello, hello, hello. Anyway, focus. You can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So we've done FSH. LH. Yeah. What's luteinization? So what does luteinizing hormone do? Okay. Luteinization is actually the um, stimulization of the follicular cells to secrete progesterone. That is luteinization, okay? Yep. The follicular okay. cells are secreting progesterone. Um, and so what LH does is it makes these cells, these follicular cells, make progesterone. Okay, so we by these two hormones, FSH and LH, have kicked off the cells of the ovary, the stromal cells, the follicular cells, or the granulosa cells, and what Same have you, thing, yep. to make estrogen and progesterone. Putting it simply and perfectly, yes. Okay. What else? Um, well, I know that LH is important to ovulation because mm-hmm. I know that there's a surge in LH just before ovulation, isn't there? Yeah. So why why does that come about? Well, basically, um, when LH, the surge of LH is really important because what it actually does is um, it um, makes the cells <laughs> secrete. Uh, more collagenase right. and the collagenase ends up loosening um, the developing oocyte and with its follicular cells around it from where it's attached in the ovary so that's kind of loosening it up the collagenase loosens it up but also the LH um, in a kind of cascade effect the knock-on effect that it has is that it also causes the um, contractions in the muscular wall of the ovary there's not uh-huh. a lot of muscle there, but there are. It causes contractions, okay. Um, and at the same time, it actually stimulates the um, uterine tube to have a kind of peristaltic type wave across it as well. Does it have an effect on the primary oocyte as well? Okay, yeah. The other thing that it does is actually remember this our oocyte that's ready to go is kind of arrested in this prophase one. It this LH surge actually kickstarts the oocyte, um, and it carries on and it can enter its second meiotic division. So it completes meiosis one and starts meiosis two. Mm. So all this has to occur, or this all occurs basically in response to LH. Yeah, and the, the big surge. <laughs> yeah, and then ovulate. Off it goes. Ovulation is probably not best associated with the sound <laughs> i like you heard of middle schmerz <laughs> no middle schmerz middle schmerz is middle pain it's a middle ah. pain that some ladies uh, associate with ovulation because it middle it occurs in the middle of the cycle middle yeah. schmerz yeah i didn't i never heard that but oh, i have middle obviously schmerz, middle pain middle pain <laughs> yeah Ooh. <laughs> brilliant yeah. I'm okay. not sure that was brilliant, actually. <laughs> I think that was a bit random. <laughs> um, okay. So then we have ovulation, which is a good thing. So then either... <laughs> ovulation, a good thing. <laughs> a good thing. So then after ovulation, the fimbri... Ah, oh, yes, on the end of the uterine tube. Yeah, we... They probably grab, yeah. They probably waft. If you can see what my fingers were doing now, you know what I was talking about. Oh, it's they perfect waft. description. The, <laughs> the um, they gently what are graze. We it's they, a secondary oocyte now. Yeah, isn't it? and they they gently graze over the top of the ovary, and they kind of kind of scoop. Not they don't scoop I like waft. up. 
Okay, waft's they waft. Word. Waft is probably the wrong word, but it's a good word. But anyway, the secondary oocyte enters the fallopian tube. They guide the it into tube, the uterine tube. And it starts to pass down the uterine tube. And we know the fertilization has to occur after this point. Yeah. So, so, okay, after ovulation, fertilization either does occur or doesn't. Yes. What happens in both of those cases? Um, let's take... So we've looked at this before, haven't we, in one of the earlier podcasts? Yeah. If fertilization does occur, we've looked at how the embryo develops. We'll look at implantation, which occurs about a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Seven. And then the trophoblast starts to form, yeah, the primitive placenta starts to form, and we start to get human chorionic gonadotropin, don't we? Ah, yes. Pregnancy tests. And we said that, that's right, that's for the pregnancy test. And we said that that's important in progesterone secretion and maintaining the endometrial wall, didn't we? But how does that all come about? How is that linked back to ovulation that we've just been talking about? Good question. Okay, so what happens when we have this um, uh, ovulation event? What happens to the rest of the follicle that it remains, some cells remain behind in the ovary, um, and these cells still have a function. They end up being called the corpus luteum. So those are the cells that were around the primary oocyte, the secondary oocyte that was expelled with ovulation correct those remaining cells right? yes they the cells the that are left tier. behind they've still got their job to do and they <laughs> must they must produce progesterone right and progesterone maintains the endometrial lining doesn't it through this through the second half of the menstrual cycle yeah so it's ready for implantation correctly. if it occurs right okay so then hcg being produced by an implanted embryo or from the trophoblast cells of the implanted embryo um maintains the corpus luteum so the progesterone secretion is maintained so the endometrial lining is maintained mm. so the implantation can be maintained and pregnancy can continue i, I think you might call it a pos positive feedback loop so i've nailed all that together properly have i i think so good okay good enough for me so then if fertilization doesn't occur there's no hcg so what happens to the corpus luteum it shrivels oh does it yeah like a little old lady it shrivels up and ends up being. I should have taken a photo of that. <laughs> ends up being called the corpus albicans. Okay, what happens to is, that? It just sits there, it does it? It just like it just like gets smaller and smaller and weaker and weaker and littler and littler and uselesser and uselesser. But interestingly, from the the whole phase, so going right back from the primordial follicles, okay, um, going through all the different stages that we go through the primary follicle, um, and then through. When, when we release the um, egg ovulation, the follicle is actually called a graphene follicle after the guy who... Graphene. Yes, double A. The guy who um, discovered all this, the histology. Then it becomes the corpus luteum. And then by the time it actually becomes the corpus albican, that's about three months worth. So three menstrual cycles, essentially, for that whole process to take place. That's quite oh, interesting. Really? Mm. Fact. Yeah, that's good. All right. That's good. So that's ovulation done. And we've gone through a whole bunch of hormones now, haven't we? So we should try and cover those again with regards to the menstrual cycle. Alrighty. Hormones. We're going to concentrate on LH, FSH, estrogen and progesterone. Yep. And let's talk about how the level of secretion changes throughout the menstrual cycle. And people can then link that back to what we've been talking about. Alrighty with then. With regards to ovogenesis and stuff, ovulation, yeah. Okay. So FSH and LH we can take together because they're both um, released in response to GnRH, mm -hmm. as we mentioned. So in the first half of the first phase, they're at a low level. First phase is the proliferative phase. Yeah, also called the follicular phase. 
Um, and then about a week before ovulation, FSH levels rise. Starts to creep up. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. And that stays high up towards ovulation. Yeah. Up a little bit. But LH is, as we've seen before, LH is released in a surge just before ovulation. Pew! Off the charts. Yeah. Well, not quite. And then... It's declining. The, le- the amount of LH is already declining by the time ovulation, ovulation occurs. occurs. Yeah, and then they both stay low again, really. And they both start to, yeah, drop off to lower levels for the luteal phase, which is also known as the... Secretory. So we can see why it's called the luteal phase now, can't we? Because we were talking about the corpus luteum. Yeah, I guess its name. That's it's the easy. second phase where the corpus luteum is making progesterone. progesterone. So what happens to progesterone? And estrogen. Okay, well, progesterone. Should we take progesterone first? Yep. Okay, it's a fairly low levels, um, and it comes up, and then it starts to build around the time of ovulation. But it so, at- so it's at a low level during the proliferative phase. Yes. And then it increases with ov- at ovulation, just after ovulation. So it's actually in the luteal phase when it's at its peak, which is about five to seven days after ovulation. Which matches with what we know about the corpus luteum. Yeah. And then it starts to dip off, doesn't it, towards the end of... The second week of the second phase, the latter half of the phase. Yeah. Because it's that decrease in progesterone, which occurs if there's no fertilization, and which is going to trigger menstruation. Yeah. yeah. The shedding of that endometrial lining. Brilliant. Sure. Estrogen? Yeah. We estrogen mentioned that, didn't we? There's is... a link there with LH, isn't there? Yeah. Estrogen is meandering along quite nicely. Um, I remember when we... Uh, when Sorry. Ed... It's linked with FSH, isn't it? We said. Sorry. Yes. We'll get to get that right. Um, anyway... What it starts to do, it starts to gradually increase just before ovulation. And yeah. it does actually peak before ovulation. The amount of oestrogen starts to go up a little bit after the amount of FSH mm. increased. So, and it's already declining um, at ovulation. And it does rise again a little bit after that. Yeah, so it peaks before ovulation and starts to dip and remains a little bit higher during the luteal phase. Yeah, but in the luteal phase, um, it's um concentration if you like is less than progesterone it doesn't peak to the same level that progesterone does yeah okay well we'll we'll scribble together a graph of all that and stick it up there shall we yes i think that would be quite a useful thing yeah okay good so i think we've done everything we wanted to do we've talked about oogenesis we've talked about ovulation we've talked about the menstrual cycle and the hormones related and all that um good lord is that it jobs are good is that everything yeah i think it might be Okay, that was still easier than doing a neuroembryology podcast. I know, I'm not looking forward to it, I'll we're be getting honest. There. We're building ourselves up towards it. We're in term three now, we're talking about uh, the anatomy of the face, aren't we? So we'll be getting into neuroanatomy soon, so our minds will be better suited to neuroembryology, won't they? We'll be recording a neuroembryology podcast this term, I'm sure. I'll keep all my fingers crossed. Yeah, if, if any listeners have any requests for things for us to talk about, which we may or may not be able to talk about, they can email us. Or they can email Rhiannon. Or at, at r.f.dereed, that's D-E-W-R-E-D-E, at swansea.ac.uk. Yeah, because we've, we've covered quite a bit of stuff, haven't we? We'd like a little bit of feedback, if it's possible, and, and you have the time to do it. Let us know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, and if you have any ideas about what you'd like to have covered in more detail or less detail, or things we haven't talked about. We're very open um, to... to um, sort of increasing the range that we look at and not just sticking to the uh, lectures that we give. We've still got a few things to think about, haven't we? A few things to do. Yeah. And we've got some anatomy video podcasts as well, which will probably start to appear in this stream if you're, if you're using iTunes to download all this. Cool. Yeah. All right, then. Thanks, Ree. No problem. Thank you, Sam. Bye, uh, everyone. Ta-da. Ta-da.